To the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. This podcast is going to be a little different, but a lot of fun. I have two writers, journalists from the world of sports here to talk football, basketball, and of course, boxing. I think you will totally enjoy it. Before we get into the podcast, please follow me on IG and Twitter at the Chris Will Pod and on Facebook, the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Like the intro song said, we have a long way to go. And with COVID, the pandemic, we do have a long way. Please enjoy this podcast as we talk about COVID and how it impacts the world of sports. I want everyone out there to take this pandemic seriously. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. And stay home if you can. Hey, if you get bored and have some time or need something to help you happily pass the time, you can always listen to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, my girl, Barbara Mason, and her podcast, the Las Vegas Raiders Podcast. Make sure you give her a listen as well. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. All aboard the night train. Instead of sitting, the rhymes kick, the beats hitting you just like a home run, slamming like a slam dunk. Ride the wave, James Brown, gay funk, it happened to James like it happened to me. How you think it feel to see another MC get paid? Using my rap style, and I'm playing the background. Meanwhile, I ain't with that. You can't forget that. You took my style, I'm taking it back, coming back like Return of the Jedi. Sucker MCs in the place that said I could only rock rhymes and only rock crowds, but never rock records. How you like me now? Well, welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. And today's show, well, I have something a little different. With all the COVID affecting all of the major sports, football, baseball, basketball, I brought on two guests who are specialists. And I'm not talking about Dr. Fauci specialist. I'm talking about Paul Gant of Go For It Gant Radio, who is an NBA, NFL, and boxing guy, as well as Chip Mitchell, who's a boxing guy. But today we're going to get in a little bit to the Mitchell system and how you can earn some money gambling. This guy is 28-1 and this year, and believe me you, I've seen it for myself. It's pretty astonishing. So we'll get into that. So welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, 
Paul Gant of Go For It Gant Radio. Paul, welcome. Hey, what's going on, Chris? GoForItRadio.com. I'm sorry, GoForItRadio.com. I apologize. I don't. I don't mean to butcher Close that. Enough. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. I have shameless plug time, so you'll definitely get that time back. And Chip Mitchell of the Fight Journal, Chip, welcome. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Chip, don't get so excited. So Chip and Paul, again, welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. This is exciting because I get to share knowledge from both of you that I enjoy with my listeners. So the podcast is also about storytelling. So especially stories about you. So feel free at any time to drop a story. Again, this is about you guys and the knowledge that you're able to share. So we have so much to cover, and I'd like to start by you guys telling the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and and what your publications are. So, Paul, I'll start with you since I butchered your uh, <laughs> your radio station. So, Paul, again, go for radio.com. Um, I'm from Ambler, Pennsylvania, a beautiful town outside of Philadelphia. Visit it. You'll love it. It's a great, great place. But, you know, I, I, I like to talk sports. I like to have a little fun doing it. I love my Eagles. I love all Philly, Philly through and through. So let's go Eagles. Let's go fix some things. And That's me. All right. Awesome, awesome. Except for the Eagles part, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you again and welcome. All right. And, Chip, your turn to share. Yes, sir. Uh, Chip Mitchell, uh, originally from Camden, New Jersey. Been covering the sport of professional boxing since uh, about 2007 or so. Um, website, thefightjournal.com. And um, just sign up on our website to receive all your news uh, for all things professional boxing. All also right. Eagles fan, again. too. <laughs> <laughs> the way to slide that in there. Way to slide that in there. All right. And, and just quickly, so, and Paul, you, you can go first. So how can fans, Touchdown Cowboys, how can fans find you guys on social media? So on Twitter, at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T, and also Facebook at GoForItRadio. Also, YouTube, youtube.com slash go for again. So that's all the places you can connect with me. Okay. And, Chip, how can fans connect with you on social media? Uh, Chris, stop calling those touchdowns out. You're like 45 seconds ahead of me. But um, <laughs> you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at TFJ Boxing and also uh, YouTube. TFJ Boxing, standing for the Fight Journal, and Instagram. Um, I'm on the gram at, uh, I think it's just the Fight Journal, or maybe TFJ Boxing, too. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. All right. Now, the, uh, the pandemic, obviously, has caused complete chaos in the world of sports, from the basketball bubble to the shortened baseball season, to who knows what's happening with pro football and college football, and boxing. Now, at one point, boxing was the only professional sport taking place, and I love boxing, and I know you guys do also. For sure. But if anything, I think boxing is being exposed. 
And I say exposed because the the lack of great fights. So, you know, and then now you have Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, and Triller. They do more pay-per-views than the last four pay-per-view fights alone. So you guys are the experts. So what are your thoughts on boxing and the direction it is going? I'll start first. I mean, I'm kind of torn with this whole situation. On one hand, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., it does bring attention to the sport. I mean, there were some undercard fighters on that particular card. But at the same time, I don't know if it's necessarily good. To me, it's kind of like this. If the, if the big three is outrating the NBA, the NBA has a problem. So if Tyson Jones is getting more pay-per-view buys than the four pay-per-views that you mentioned, then we might have a problem. Now, I don't know, like I said, I'm torn on whether it's good or bad, but at the same time, it's showing me that the, you know, the cash cow of the sport might be the Paul brothers. I mean, Jake and Logan, they might be the cash cows of the sport. I mean, and that's not necessarily a good thing. That's a bad thing. But at the same time, attention is attention to the sport. So boxing is a niche sport. So any attention, I guess, on some level is good attention. Okay. But I'm torn. All right. You're torn. All right. How about you, Chip? Paul, you you said it all, I think. Um, But for, for the sport. I'm in agreement with Paul. You can look at it both ways. From a mere revenue thing, then sure. You know, the Triller event, that was fine. But good for the sport, uh, you're going to have three groups of people, okay? You got your old school, pure boxing fans who just want to see real fights with the best taken on the best and other good fighters battling each other for the right to fight the best, okay? I'm in that category. Then the second group are people who want to see the old-timers and the YouTube guys fighting, basketball guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see actors and models and whoever else. You might as well bring, bring the model boxing back while you're at it. And then the third group is people who will watch both. And they may be where the bulk of the people lie. So um, I'm, I'm right along. I'm right up there with Paul. It's just uh, I, I – I've gone from, to be honest, from loving boxing to liking it because of things like that. So we'll see. Okay. All right. I'll, so, if I can add, I mean, go ahead. I think the way they priced that pay-per-view was perfect. $50 is a good price for a pay-per-view. You know, I, I, you know, I talked to other people in terms of Tyson Jones, and they were saying, well, it's only $50. That's not a bad deal. So, I mean, a lot of people may – I don't want to say a lot of people, but some people may have bought it on the strength that it was only $50 and it was kind of inexpensive on some level. So, so, so let me ask you this. Without knowing the numbers, did the people paying that $50 hurt those who – did it hurt for the following week? Because now you're asking for another 80 bucks. I, I would think on the surface you'd have to say yes when you consider the economy – pandemic, some folks ain't working. I would have to say yes. I mean, that's a hundred and what, 125 bucks in two weeks on boxing. I mean, that's a lot of money. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And you got the Christmas season as well. So you got people shopping for Hello. gifts and things of that nature. 
very stiff during the holidays, very stiff. So that that is a tough buy. So And to play off a little bit of what you said, Chip, so <laughs> with the recently announced Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Logan Paul fight, is that a buy or sell for you and the American public? And, Paul, I'd like to hear your take on that also. Well, it's a, it's a sell for me. Um, and I can't speak on the American public because there, there are too many age groups with loyalty to what they like. Like, as I stated earlier, you've got your old school folks. But the YouTubers and casual fans who saw um, him fight the, the, the KSI guy, I think they will watch. And he has a bunch of subscribers. So, and then Floyd Jr., well, I mean – we already know about his uh, potential there. So, but overall, I have no interest. It's, it's a sell for me. I'm glad to say it's a buy for me, and I'm, and I'm talking strictly price. I saw what twenty five dollars. I, I paid twenty five dollars yeah. to see that. I mean, that's 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 a reasonable price for an exhibition bout. I, I paid twenty five dollars to see it because, on some level, I mean, it, it is intriguing. I mean, it is Floyd Mayweather Jr. Um, so it is intriguing on some level, but at the same time, you know, I can understand someone selling, but I, I, I'm buying, and I think um, people will buy it because those Paul brothers, like I said, they're the cash cow of the sport. So people care about the Paul brothers. I mean, I, there's a these youth, this YouTube generation, they love the Paul brothers. And I had, you know, I got a son, he never watches boxing. He When we bought the Tyson-Jones uh, pay-per-view, he wanted to see uh, Jake Paul against Nate Robinson. That was the intrigue wow. for him. So that brought him to watching the pay-per-view. So I, I'm going to buy it because it's cheap. But, you know, I, I, I think there's a, definitely a big-time market for it, and I think it will sell maybe not as much as Tyson Jones, but I think it will sell pretty well. Okay. So you got to buy it early at that cheap price. They have tiers. That's right. That's true. Yeah, and I, I if, I miss that it, I buy, if I miss that, I ain't buying it. <laughs> but, but, if you, hey, but if you see it go up, then you know it's already done a million buys, right? <laughs> that's true. I'm, I'm done. I'm out at that point. <laughs> well, hey, so in the past, Mayweather said there's a reason they call it prize fighting. You fight for money. So if fighters start making more money for so-called exhibitions, would you guys be upset with the sport of boxing if fighters, if fighters start beating up YouTube stars or athletes from other sports or even other celebrities like singers or actors instead of fighting a mandatory or unifying a belt? I personally would not. I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to see it, but at the same time, you're right. It's prize fighting. You fight. I mean, the body is – you're not meant to get punched in the face 100 times. You're not meant to get punched in the body 50 times. That's not what your body's set up and meant to do. So if you have an opportunity to make as much money as possible fighting an exhibition fight with minimal risk, why not? I mean, again, I don't want to see it, but that's just, just like me. I don't want to see the Sixers play the Washington Generals, but, I mean, if the Sixers <laughs> can make more money playing the Washington Generals, then why not play the Washington Generals with minimal risk? And I think that's the same situation here. If, if Ryan Garcia wanted to fight Jake Paul instead of fighting Javante Davis, and he can make more money for fighting Jake Paul, by all means he should fight Jake Paul and try to get some of that money. It's not good, 
it, it's not what I want to see, but you people play football to get money. People play basketball to get money. At the end of the day, it's all about money. It's their job. So if that's going to get you the most amount of money, and you only have so much time to make that money, so if that's going to get you the most amount of money, by all means, just do it. Again, you? I don't want to see it, though. I don't want it, but I can't be mad at a person who does it. Okay. Okay. All right. How about you, Chip? Any thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I, I have a problem with it. I mean, it's making a mockery of the sport. Listen, this is professional sport, so call it something else. Don't don't. There are people out there who are killing themselves, who work, and then they go to camp just to get one shot, one day at something real, and then you have people with zero experience making nine hundred thousand dollars. Just me talking. I mean, people who put and effort in it and trying to make a career out of this. And so good for them, for those who make the 900000 But any real professional should be ashamed. And I'm saying give up. If you have a belt, if you're a champion, then give that belt up if you want to do that. Because it's just if we cross, if we keep crossing this line and making a mockery of it, uh, of the sport, then – I just have a problem with it on a level of a world champion fighting some YouTube guy. Call it something <laughs> else, but don't call it professional boxing. All right. Well, I, let I me think, play devil's advocate. Go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. You go, go ahead, I think if we just, you know, we talk about boxing, the, the thing is you can't play boxing. So, I, and, and we look at the situation of Nate Robinson, he did get hit behind the head. The guy really could have got seriously hurt in there. So, mm-hmm. It, it, we might continue at this pace where we're doing all these different type of things, but somebody seriously could get hurt if they're jumping in there. We talk about actors, we talk about models, and all these other people jumping in there, right? They don't really necessarily know what they're doing, and they're getting in there with a person. I mean, Jake Paul, say what you want, but he does have some skills. I'm not saying he's a world-class fighter, but he does have skills, so he could hurt somebody. But, 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 and I'm not saying Nate Robinson is out of the woods. I don't know that. But I'm saying we've had death from the type of punches that he got hit with. At least I thought it was behind him. Maybe I, my eyes. But it, we're, we're in a reactive society. We wait for something to happen, and then we do something instead of prevention. So I don't know. I think it could lead to that, but, but, but it could lead to that on the – the world class level too. It's just those guys are trained. I mean, the odds are, are in that it won't happen. But and that goes along with just mismatches with professionals also, where where That's these uh, sanctioning bodies just okay, you can fight uh, such and such as your mandatory after that brown paper bag is with that money in it is exchanged. <laughs> and but Chris, go ahead because I, I know you want to play advocate, uh, Chris. Go ahead. No, no, you know, and it's funny you brought that up, so because I'm thinking, you know, with the sanctioning bodies, and you start throwing the big money at these guys, you know, when do they start stepping in and saying, hey, you know, that this fight, you know, Ryan Garcia versus Jake Paul, you know, for a WBC belt, you know, you're paying us enough. We'll sanction. It's coming. 
So it's coming. <laughs> when you know when do they step in? But what I was going to say, I was going to play devil's advocate, and I was going to say, so you guys are too young to to even know about this theory, but the trickle down theory from Reaganomics. What about okay. the idea that these guys are fighting? You know, like a, a Ryan Garcia is fighting a Jake Paul, and they're fighting for like twenty million dollars, and they're also bringing a hundred million viewers into the sport of boxing. So eventually that will start generating money, and the guys that are fighting on the bottom will have a bigger pool. Like Bob Arum will have even more money to throw at, you know, some up-and-coming fighters. So what do you think about that idea? Maybe it does help the sport. But here's the thing about trickle-down economics. It, doesn't, it never trickles down. So, <laughs> I mean, being that it never trickles down. Like, okay, for example, we saw um, Pacquiao Mayweather. A lot of people said, okay, this is an opportunity to bring more eyes and ears to the sport and an opportunity for people to come back. Did they really come back afterwards? I mean, it's pretty much been the same, I would think. So I don't. I think just like trickle-down economics, it never trickles down. I don't think it will trickle down in this uh, situation. And then it's, it's okay, helping the sport, like – like, let's say an NFL player gets fined. Okay, so the money may go, and I, I may have this. Maybe this is a bad example because I think I think that might have to do with um, going to uh, a charity. But the point is, like, how does how does from the money standpoint, outside of what you said, Chris, how does it help boxing? Like, in other words, certain money in a league or a, or an association or what have you may be set aside to go to one particular thing that helps as far as just direct money to the sport. But in boxing, how does it help, like, the, the sport? Like, in other words, you don't have a governing body to say, okay, this, this money here goes to do such and such. Whereas in a, in a league or an association, it was like, well, money from this goes here. Money, from, in other words, it's more like every. Hey, if I get my hands on the money, I know what I'm doing with it, as opposed to someone that's at the top, a commissioner or something else that says, well, no, this money needs to go here. It's just a. I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> my opinion on. Any, whether it's the NBA, NFL, when they're taking in extra money, the Players Association, to me it's just hush money because what it does, it shuts up the old-timers or it shuts up some group of people that actually need that money, and it keeps them from blocking them taking in that cash cow. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't see – you know, I threw that idea out there. Like I said, I was playing devil's advocate. Okay. But I don't well, um, see in any situation how anybody gets helped in that. Um, old timers, like that. Uh, old timers in boxing. Where is their like? I mean, dental plan, medical, retirement. I mean, like it's just. Right. I had a boxer named. Non-existence. Um, this is before your time, um, Chris. A boxer named Frankie the Surgeon Randall, and I get to got to ask him a question. <laughs> um. Uh, he was on, I happened to be in Tennessee, and he was on a talk show, and he said that 
the medical companies, they won't, they won't do anything because it's, it's just too, it's too high. Because, I mean, you get your tooth knocked out every fight. I mean, it's just it's too risky for them. It's uh, risk. so bad. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. insurance. For sure. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you know who Frankie is um, one day, Chris, went, went offline, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, that's okay. So, so you're talking about legends, right? Frankie Randall, legend. So I want each of you to give me a legends boxing matchup or matchups that you'd actually want to see and also a modern-day fight that excites you guys. For me, if we're, if we're talking legends, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, De La Hoya Trinidad too. Um, you know, I, you know, I think in the first fight, obviously, De, I think De La Hoya won the fight. I think a lot of people think De La Hoya won the first fight. So if if I could get that, I'd be cool with that one. And in terms of now, I still kind of, I still want to see Joshua Wilder, Wilder Joshua, however you want to say it. I want to see, I want to see that one. And that was a fight that I would love to have seen when both of those guys were undefeated. But to me, it's still intriguing. You know, two big guys, two guys that hit hard, two exciting fighters in a lot of ways. So for me, if I could get that, I would get, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. Good choice. Good I choice. I, I, I haven't even I thought have about it. Wilder Joshua in a while. How about I you, don't have, I, I, don't, nope. I don't have an interest because, it, I, I, because I'm in that group that, I'm the old school group, but in their primes, I would take Bo and Tyson. I would take uh, uh, Michael Nunn, Roy Jones Jr. Um, I'd take Charlie yeah. Burley and uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Um, it, just modern day stuff is just too many. Um, we need unification. So I'd take Tiafimo Lopez versus Davis. I'd take Burchell okay. versus, uh, 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 what's my man named? Colbert. Col- um, Inoue versus Neary, um, mm. Leo versus so Fulton. I like I, I like that because um, Fulton was supposed to fight for that belt anyway, so I would take him versus Leo. Uh, Bevo versus Alvarez, Saul Alvarez. Um, Estrada versus Gonzalez again. It's just it's too many to mention, man. It, that and that and that's the point. I think all of us in one way or another were making earlier that let's. <laughs> let's have the, let's make the big one. Let's make the good one. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I think that's the biggest problem with boxing. I mean, it's almost turned into like Bellator UFC. Like if you're in Bellator, aka top rank, you fight top rank guys. If you're in UFC, aka PBC, you fight PBC guys. I mean, got to cross the street and you know fix make it happen. But you know what? I think the problem is desanctioning. How can you just ignore the fact that somebody's with one promoter and somebody's with the other promoter and they're not – if you're the sanctioning body and you kind of control the belts, then it's on you. All of that stuff – come on now. Prior to however many years ago, you just made the fight – listen, you're the mandatory, you fight, you winning, all of that – Across the street, and well, he he's with this person. Come on, man! Like, it, I don't care about promoters. The bell holders, they, the WBO belt. Let's call it what it is. It's kind of like a, a top rank. The top rank belt. Man. It's like, come on, <laughs> WBC. It's like, so 
<laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I, I get it to an extent because of how they've created other belts, but it's like, come on, man. It, it, it's not a good that situation. was the one knock I had with uh, Miguel Cotto. The dude only held WBO belts, and that, that's when he was with Top Rank. And it was like, man, you got to fight other people. So, and that was the only knock I had. And he, you know, obviously, great fighter, great fighter. No matter who he fought, he, he was a great fighter. But that was the one knock I had against him because everything was WBO, and that's how I caught on to the whole Top Rank WBO thing. So, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, who are your top five fighters in the sport of boxing right now and why? And I'll start with you, Paul. Man, you put me on the spot here. Top five in the sport of boxing right now. I'm going to go in no particular order. Um, Terrence Crawford, I think you have to, you got to talk about him. I mean, he's big time. We saw what he did against Cal Brook. It is just Cal Brook. But the way he just turned it on and just put him away was impressive. Errol Spence Jr., I think you still got to talk about him. Um, I I didn't think – I thought at times his performance against – it wasn't a great performance, but it was a solid performance. And when you consider what he came off of, I mean, it was a good performance, and I I was happy with what he did in the ring. Um, Tyson Fury. I think Tyson Fury has to be in, you know, in terms of this. I mean, this guy is an elite heavyweight. Um, obviously, you can argue he beat Deontay Wilder twice. I mean, he, he beat Klitschko, and no one was beating Klitschko at the time. So I think you've got to put him in the mix. Canelo, you know, whether he's a cheat, not a cheat, or no matter how you slice it, I think he has to be up there as well. And I'm also going to say – Teofimo Lopez, and I'm saying that based on, you know, he beat Lomachenko, and I know others, I know uh, Salido beat Lomachenko, but still, uh, you know, he went in there, guy was doubted, a lot of people didn't think he was going to pull it off, he pulled it off, he's an up-and-comer, so that's my top five, in no particular order, I'll let you can put that in order if you like, but that's my top five. Okay, all right, and Chip, your turn, buddy. I don't believe in mythical rankings, so... Uh, when I do this, um, I'm more interested in the why, the part where you said who. The who, no, not many will agree with, but the why. Not in any order. I'll say uh, Terrence Crawford um, because he's Terrence Crawford. Uh, I got Gennady Golovkin because I don't think he lost either fight to Saul Alvarez. Um, I take the silly Lomachenko fought with one arm against uh, – and I thought – I scored it the way Andre Ward scored it. So I, didn't, I, I scored it a draw. Um, Alexander Usyk I put there because he unified in that um, tournament they had. Um, and a new way, in a way. So I'll say those five. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right, Loma, Lomachenko. Not not necessarily for the whether whether he lost or not, but just the climb. Like in what is it, fifteen, sixteen fights, and for like fourteen world current or former world champion. So I, I like that. I, I like that as a guy who just said 
all right, I got. Let me move up. Nobody like people. Don't, other champions don't want to see me for unification, and then let me move up again. So I admired that. But you, these lists, I don't subscribe too much in them. And yes, I thought Alvarez is a, a drug cheat, so I didn't include him. <laughs> Bad meat. Bad mystery meat. Okay, well then, then, then Big Baby Miller, mystery, mystery soup, Mexican steak, baby. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna move to a new subject. We're gonna talk about football. All right, and Chip, I'm gonna start with you. So, what are your thoughts on the current college football season? In particular, the way COVID has seemed to create what looks like parity and has flattened some of the big programs like Penn State and raised some mid-level programs like Coastal Carolina? That's a great question. Um, right, you got the you got the Cincinnati's and the Indiana's in your top, uh, what is it, 10? But to answer your question, it's unfortunate from a timing standpoint. You have to deal with the hand you're dealt. But what I mean by timing is, some teams were equipped, they were ready to play on a given week and ready to win on that week. Then your game gets moved and, and you come back weeks later and you're, you aren't up to task because of schedules being thrown off, opt-outs, injuries, positive tests. So you go in, that, you go in for the, uh, the game that was postponed and you're just not who you were a few weeks earlier. So maybe you lose now. But things have been forced because of financial ramifications. This whole discussion can be summed, you can sum it up by talking about it's all about money. Many school budgets are as fruitful as, fruitful as they are due to the football program. Jacksonville State, I'll give you an example, initially scheduled one game on their schedule initially because they would receive $400,000. So about the dollars. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you know, in reality, I think it, it is about the dollars. Some people argue they shouldn't even be playing at all. Um, but, it, I mean, they, they've gotten to this point. They're, they pulled it off. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just look at it. You talk about the Coastal Carolinas, the Cincinnati's, even the Indiana's, but – at the end of the day, I look, I'm looking at the top four, and I'm seeing a lot of familiars, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame's in there as well. So I'm still seeing the familiar names, the, the familiar teams that's up at the top there still doing big things. So, yeah, and, and you know, kind of, it's kind of interesting. You, you talk about how, you know, one week you're scheduled to do this, one week you're scheduled to do that. This is canceled, that's canceled. I mean, you've got Ohio State, Michigan. You know, big-time rivalry. Obviously, that was going to be a blowout this year. Michigan stinks. But, you know, um, you know they, they canceled that one. But it even, you know, you look at the NFL, not to just jump to the NFL, but you look at the Steelers, right? I mean, they didn't play that well against the Ravens, but they won. And they didn't play that well against the Redskins, or the Washington football team, excuse me, and they lost. Uh, so, you know, cancellations, things of that nature, has an impact. And, and back to what Chip was saying, it's all about dollars and cents, and this makes dollars, so it makes perfect sense to try to make this season happen, and it, it is what it is at the end of the day. It's just, I mean, 2020 
is what it is, and you just got to get in where you fit in and do what you got to do. Hmm. Okay. Now, now, Paul, you pretty much agree with the current top four in college football, right? Sure, I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm definitely comfortable okay. with that at this point. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm comfortable with that. And here's the thing. You, you wonder when this whole thing is done, are we going to put an asterisk next to the winner of this championship? I mean, because it's just it's, – it's going to be different. It's going to – we'll see what happens. I mean, what if Alabama's their quarterback gets a, a COVID? What if, uh, you know, Justin Fields gets COVID? Trevor Lawrence, we saw a situation with Trevor Lawrence earlier in the season. He got COVID, and, you know, they lost to Notre Dame. You could argue their defense really didn't come to the party that day. But, you know, it it's really comes down to that on, on some level. It could come down to who – uh, doesn't have COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And and what about you, Chip? What do you think about the current top four teams? Uh, with the current top uh, – do I disagree with the ranking or – Do you, you agree or you disagree with the, the top four teams? So you, you got – Alabama, um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. I don't have a problem with it, but this is just going to give them the, the, the impetus, if you will, of uh, adding more because um, it's going to come down to dollars, more teams, more money. So this will add to their argument to do it faster and maybe with more instead of jumping to six maybe eight and then 12 eventually so but yeah i'm not fine with it um okay with there right now yep all right well right on cue so would you be more accepting or against the op the idea of taking the top eight just for this year and having a larger playoff because you're going to have teams that that have only played seven eight games right You'll have some teams that have played 11. So would you be more accepting to play in an eight-game playoff or 18 playoff? I, I think you have to be because what's going on in 2020 is just unprecedented. So I, I think you have to be. I mean, because I'm looking at Ohio State, they're 5-0. and I mean, so they only played five games at this point. So, yeah, I think the top eight teams would be more than fair. How about you, Chip? Anything on that? Um, eight gives you – I don't have a problem with that either. Eight is a good number. It gives you a good amount without skipping over someone. And I'm talking beyond this year. But at the same time, more than eight doesn't put you in a situation where you're letting undeserved teams in. So, yeah, I'm sure. Why not? And that once I and, and this gives them the kind of gives them the, uh, the excuse, the reason, or whatever it is to to do it. Like, oh, so why not? But not too many. I, I think this I is know. the I think this is the year to experiment. I think this is the year. If you ever wanted to experiment, this is the perfect year to do it. So whether it's eight, whether it's ten, I mean, if you put ten, maybe you might be in a situation where you're like the NCAA tournament, the basketball where you could see some upsets and might add some intrigue to it. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I, I just, you know, at, at the end of the day, 
I see Coastal Carolina winning out. Cincinnati, because they don't have Ohio State on the schedule this year, or another Big Ten, Big Ten team, they went out because if you if you look at their records in the past, there and in Central Florida or is a USF that went undefeated a few years ago. I think it was USF. Yeah, but they, you know they 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 didn't they didn't have a big game on their schedule that year, but they beat everybody they that was on their schedule. But Cincinnati will probably go undefeated this year. And I say, and I believe in my heart, that it's because they don't play Ohio State. They don't play so, a Big Ten team. So you're talking Ryan Garcia and Jake Paul in a matchup. <laughs> I, I would just say that Cincinnati has had some very good teams, and they scheduled Ohio State early in the year, and they always either lose a heartbreak it's it's there's no in between. It's either lose in the last second or you get blown out. There's like no in between where it's back and forth. So and they had but they always lose. And you know what what is it that Bill Parcells? You're exactly what your record says you are. They sure. never win that game. So. But did, but do they really lose with the payout? It's all about the money, Chris. <laughs> yeah, but jeez. Oh, <laughs> but the kids are the kids playing aren't getting the money, man. And the and the coaches, you know, they're yeah. they're you know, they're they're getting them to that game, but if they don't win it, you know, they're well, the hold, hold on. picking on them. They, oh, some some kids are getting money. Some people are getting some guy, kids are getting you, something. You guys <laughs> we're, not talking about, we're not talking about Temple and those guys. Come on now. <laughs> I mean somebody's getting a couple of Dollars somewhere. Obviously, obviously somebody's making some money somewhere. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on to the NFL. So, and, you know, I think it was you, Paul, that brought up the Steelers. So I mm. had a guy text me saying because of COVID, the Steelers got the proverbial stick in the butt. They had their bye taken away, and they had to play three games in 12 days. So my initial thought is I hate the I hate the Steelers, so who cares? But also, COVID has devastated my Cowboys. Well, injury has, and we and we're not sure if those injuries are COVID related. So, but on a serious note, does he have a point about the Steelers? You know, if the Steelers don't get the number one seed in a first round bye, they'll have to play every single week to get to the Super Bowl. So, is that fair? Well. You know, my mama, my daddy used to tell me all the time that life isn't fair. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, is it fair? Probably not. But is it what we're dealing with in 2020? Yes. And here's the thing. The NFL is going to do any and everything to squeeze those 16 games into 17 weeks. I mean, logic would say add another week. And, and you know, the teams that had to miss games because of the COVID situation, put them there. I mean, that, that would be the logical thing to do, but the NFL, again, wants to stick to their timetable and, again, make as much money as possible and do everything they got to do to get through the season. So, yeah, I mean, it's not fair what happened to the Steelers, but this is 2020, and this is what we have to deal with in 2020. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of uncertainty. So fair? No, it's not fair, but life isn't fair. And, you know, the Steelers at this point, 
they are still on top of the AFC, and you know, if they more than likely, I believe, if they win out, they'll get home field advantage. So, but at the same time, I mean, you know, they're they're not, they really aren't playing great football at this point. If you watch them against Baltimore, that wasn't a good game. They didn't play well. I mean, if Baltimore had a pulse at the quarterback position, um, they could have won that game. And then, you know, we saw with the uh, Washington and how that turned out with the Steelers. So the Steelers aren't – they're 11-1, they were 11-0, but they're not playing good football. But, yes, to your question, to your point, yes, it's not fair. But, yeah, it's, it's not fair what happened to them. Okay. And, Chip, what do you think about that? And especially, you know, I, the other thing I forgot is, you know, looking at how the NFL treated the Denver Broncos and made them play without a quarterback on their roster, and then they pushed back the Ravens games. So has the NFL been fair? No, I mean, it's just uh, no. You could argue that the Ravens game maybe could, like I said, that could have been a, a week 18 situation. Um, so you have a, a Lamar Jackson out there for the Baltimore Ravens. But, like, look at it from this standpoint. Um, we saw Cam Newton. Cam Newton tested positive for COVID, and the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. Now, I was, I'm not saying the Patriots would have beat the Chiefs. But at the time, Cam was coming off of a, a very good performance against Seattle. And also at the time, if you look at the game, it was a close game. And they, and they played Kansas City pretty well. They just didn't get anything from the quarterback spot. Um, whether it was Jared Stidham or where it was, whether it was Brian Warrior, they didn't get anything from the quarterback spot. So, I, you know, you could argue – now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying the Patriots would have beat the Chiefs, but you could argue that not having Cam Newton cost them that game. And obviously you look at the Ravens and the Steelers and you look at uh, Lamar Jackson not playing, you could argue that it cost them that football game. So, yeah, I mean, Denver, that, that was crazy. I mean, if there were a game to be canceled, that is one because, I mean, they didn't have a quarterback. Like, so, I mean, I look at it from this standpoint, if you look at it, I mean, Chris, you play football, you know, you know, firsthand, somebody could have got hurt from this standpoint. If that quarterback is throwing the ball over the middle and he leads the receiver and he doesn't, you know, he leads them a little too far, he can expose that receiver to a hard hit on some level. And I know they don't hit as hard as they used to in the past, but I mean, somebody could have got hurt if you look at it from that standpoint. But I mean, this is 2020. This is a pandemic. So, and like I said, the NFL is going to do whatever they got to do to get their money. So it's any means necessary at this point. Malcolm X would be proud of the NFL. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And Chip, do you have anything you want to add to that? Great question. Great point by Paul. Um, Listen, none of the Denver Broncos quarterbacks was named Jackson. Okay, people watch Lamar. People don't watch Rippian or Locke, okay? Once again, you sell your soul for the dollar. These sports don't care about the health of the athlete in, in a certain sense, only that they can get themselves healed up as fast as possible. And then now 14 days has turned to 10 days, and in some cases, you give me three negative tests and you can play. So, but by pushing the Steelers game with the Ravens, back a little bit, it made Lamar available just in time to host your Cowboys. And so, of course, it's not fair. <laughs> if, if, if the NFL playoffs, they come down to the dollar. They've added an extra playoff team in each conference. Right. They're adding uh, right. extra regular right. season games. It's all about the dollar. Goodell, he didn't want the Steelers to be undefeated. 
So he put them on a Monday afternoon game while the Ravens play tonight in prime time. So this entire thing has just been bad. Yet, remember, it's all about the money. Right. And, and if I could add something, I mean, you talk about in terms of whether they really care about player safety, three games in 12 days. Like as a Chris, yeah. you know firsthand, three games in 12 days. Impossible. What does that do to your body? Yeah, you're ruined. And you, you know what's crazy about that? It sounds like the preseason schedule. And it, we all know in the preseason you don't play your best guys. Not, right. not in that short a period. They might get a series. They might get a series in one of those three games. So that is – it's insane. That, that really is insane. So, you know, even Steelers fans, hmm. yeah, you're getting screwed a little bit. But you know what? You deserve to get screwed all the time. And that's for all the Steelers fans. I don't care what you say. Man, forget them. I don't want to hear it. Terry Bradshaw sucks. Whatever. I hate all the Steelers. I can't even name them. Man, don't get me started. Don't get me started. But – Anyway, so, Paul, you have unique coverage of the NFL. So how do you see the season playing out? Well, I mean, like, I, you know, I hate to belabor the point with COVID, but, I mean, you know, just like I talked about in college football, you know, God forbid Patrick Mahomes catches COVID before his first playoff game in the divisional round. I mean, you know, that's the type of season we have when it comes to the NFL. But, I mean, if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at – the NFC, to me, I'm looking at New Orleans in the NFC. You know, this team, especially if they get home field advantage throughout, is going to be difficult to beat. And I know the Vikings went in there last year and beat the Saints, but this team, if they get home field advantage throughout, it's going to be difficult. But I look at New Orleans and also look at Green Bay. Obviously, anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you always have a chance. You always have a shot. And I, so I think it's going to come down to those two teams. But in terms of dark horse in the NFC, I, I got to look at the Rams. They play defense, so that's a team that you have to watch out for. And also Tom Brady. I mean, I know at this point there have been some struggles at times. You know, the offense has been a little up and down, a little bit inconsistent, especially in prime time. I mean, they've been awful in prime time. But, you know, as long as you got Tom Brady, as long as you got all those weapons on the offensive side of the ball, I think Tampa Bay is a team you have to look at. And it's Seattle on some level because of Russell Wilson. But, I mean, if, if I'm saying the NFC – I'm looking at those two teams, the Saints and the Packers. And if I'm looking at the AFC, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. And I think anytime you have a Patrick Mahomes, you have, a, you, you have what you need in terms of winning a championship. Obviously, it's just not one player. But, I mean, looking at Kansas City, you know, you remember the first year they went to the AFC championship game with Mahomes. Mahomes and that offense was big time, but that defense was terrible. The following year, the defense was competent, and ultimately the defense was that they were able to win a Super Bowl. The defense is still competent, and so a competent defense doesn't have to be great, just has to be competent. With Patrick Mahomes, I, I got to favor the Chiefs over anybody in the AFC. I mean, Buffalo's playing some decent football with Josh Allen. He's having a big-time year. I mean, Tennessee is an interesting team with Derrick Henry. They do run the ball. You got to, always got a chance when you're able to run the ball. But to me, to me, it's going to come down to the Steelers and the Chiefs, the Browns. I look at the Browns. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I don't trust them. I'm not very high on Baker Mayfield at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to come down to the Steelers and Chiefs. I just had to add that in about the Browns. But, yeah, they're not going to be relevant yeah, in the playoffs. I, I hear you. I hear you. I appreciate you mentioning 
hometown <laughs> team. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and Chip, so you have a unique perspective. So and and I, I want you to touch a little bit on the Mitchell system and how you pick games. Because like I said in the beginning, you're 28 and one with college and and pro football. So. Go. Don't, don't give it all away. Don't bit. give it all away. Oh, I'm not yeah, giving any of it away. I want, I, you need to tease it a little bit so that people will actually pay for it. I will, if I had money, I would pay. But if, if I could at least get into two weeks, I'll have money. You've been that okay. good. And, and, and when you do, come see me, Chris. But let me ask you a question, Chris. Can I, can I ask both of you a question? This has uh, – I don't mean to jump off this, but I, I just want – I'm, I'm really – Sincerely, okay, earnestly interested in your answer to this question because I meant to say it earlier. Say Tampa Bay and Baltimore, and, Paul, you kind of hit on this a little bit. Say Tampa Bay and Baltimore go to the Super Bowl, okay? And let's say Jackson and Brady test positive, right, one week before the game. If you're, do you postpone the game that 150 million people worldwide are going to watch for just for an extra week, or do we go with the more anticipated matchup of Blaine Gabbard versus Trace McSorley at quarterback? <laughs> I just want to know, no, because I, 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 what happens there? We talk a super well, not NBA finals where you can make a schedule, reschedule a game two in about a. Let's just say. Two, the, the, the two quarterbacks are – because there's a two-week gap between the final playoff game and – so week one, they come up positive. What do you do? What would you do? If you, oh, if you man. Right. I, Paul, you want to go first man. on that? I, I, I mean, I'd have to say, you know, what we have seen – well, first of all, people are going to watch the Super Bowl regardless, <laughs> but um, – okay. The way this season has been going, it's, it's coming down to who – it's not necessarily in terms of a competitive thing, a competitive advantage thing. It comes down to whether you got COVID or you don't got COVID. And if you got COVID, well, you just got to sit. So, I mean, I guess, you know, Tom Brady would have to sit. And um, I guess Lamar Jackson would also have to sit. It would be a little dangerous for Lamar getting COVID two times. But, um, yeah, those guys – would have to say, and the show must go on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So COVID is real. No, it may not be a good show. (laughs) But COVID is real, and I wish more people would take it seriously. But I I have to go back to this. Okay. University of Alabama, the head coach, maybe a month ago, (laughs) tested (laughs) positive for COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Then he has to pass three tests so he could coach in a big game. Somehow, miraculously, mm. he was able to test negative, and he coached in that mm. game. Two weeks ago, this same guy tests positive, and he can't coach against Auburn. How in the hell did he test positive twice? <laughs> so with that, I think that if, if we had the scenario that Paul laid out, if Brady and whoever the hell else they're playing, the, the, uh, Lamar Jackson, they both te- test positive, I think they would get the opportunity 
within that time frame to pass those tests within three weeks. Mm. If they both didn't pass it, the NFL mm-hmm. would delay that game. They would push okay. it out. <laughs> I firmly believe that. <laughs> and you, you know what? I, Maybe they won't have to worry about and I, and I say all that to say, you know, some of this testing is bullshit. I, oh. I, I absolutely believe that. Let's go there next time. Some of it is bullshit. Time. Oh, okay. I'm with well, you. Well, I mean, right, the rapid test isn't, isn't that kind of – that's not something that's very accurate, right? And then so – who, I mean, who, who was the team that everybody tested positive? Who was the team? Well, didn't the, the was, Titans, they, didn't they close they their found practice out facility at one point? Yeah. Oh, I know they, what you're talking about. I know what back. you're talking about. There was, they come back and there all, was the, some and false all the tests were – there were 77, yeah. 77 false yeah. positives. Oh, uh, our mistake. Uh, you, you guys are negative. Why don't you just use the $10? I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's, all, it's, it's all about the money. But why don't you use the $10 uh, Yale saliva test that the NBA used that's more accurate than this expensive stuff? Man, all right, Chris, what's next, man? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know we go all night with the COVID. We can go all night with the COVID. All right, so we'll finish this off with the NBA. So two months ago, the Lakers were crowned the NBA champs. Two months later, right now, the NBA is opening training camp. So the first thing I want to ask, so is it good for the brand to be starting so soon? I, I mean, I, I, I mean – Here's the thing. Um, it's not good, but, you know, you got the Olympics coming up. The Olympics are in July at some point. And you got a number of NBA players, obviously, who play in the Olympics. So that's something they had to, uh, you know, take into account. But, you know, at, at the same time, like, always – I heard George Carl say this, I think it was years ago, that he always thought that maybe the NBA should start on Christmas. And, you know, by that point, you got through most of the NFL season – so, you know, and then you end sometime later in the summer. NBA usually ends in June. Maybe you end in mid or later July. Uh, and so, I mean, I always thought about that, and I always thought that was a fairly good idea. So just like we talked about with the college football thing, maybe experimenting and expanding the playoffs for just the 2020 season, I mean, maybe, again, this is something that could be beneficial for the league if they figure out, well, yeah, this works. This kind of works. We start at Christmas. We avoid most of the NFL season. And then by the time we finish up, you know, any NFL is done in February. The only thing we're competing with is baseball. But we go deeper into the, to the summer, and we take it that way. But I, I, I think, you know, I, I'm interested to see what this is going to look like in terms of starting in December and starting, you know, basically on Christmas. I think they start on the 23rd, actually. But starting right around the Christmas season, I, I, I'm interested to see how that's going to shape out and what that's going to look like. But I don't, I don't think it hurts it, the NBA. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to come back so soon. You wonder <clears throat> what kind of impact it's going to have on certain players' bodies, especially the teams that had long playoff runs like the Heat, like the Lakers, even the Nuggets, uh, for that matter. Those teams, that, the Celtics as well, the teams that had the long playoff runs, you wonder what kind of impact that's going to have on their body. I know it's going to be 72 games. I know there's going to be some back-to-backs in there as well. So you, you just wonder the impact that's going to have on the bodies of certain players, especially the ones with the long playoff runs. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't I, I think it's okay. I think it's fine. Okay. And how about you, Chip? Um, I think it's good for two reasons. Remember, the majority of the teams stopped playing in March. 
Okay, that's the majority of the uh, 98% of the whatever you want to call it. And if you take too much time off, in my opinion, I think it'll cheapen, it'll cheapen the brand. And so uh, the majority, they, they're, ready, they're ready to play. And uh, it's just been all too long. So I'm good with it. They, I think they already got little tricks, of the tri- tricks that they're going to do to let certain teams and certain players rest, and I won't say what teams are players. <laughs> well, since you brought them up, so the Lakers went from super team to super, super team. They locked up Anthony Davis. They got Marcus Gasol, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Montrez Harrell. So who in the West can compete with them? For me, that's that's easy. That's the Clippers. I mean, I think – I look at the Clippers. I think, you know, you look at last year, that was a team that came together with George, Kawhi. You know, they all came there to uh, Los Angeles. And, you know, it didn't work out. There were some things going on with those guys in terms of preferential treatment. But, you know, I, I look at the Clippers, and you look at the first year where LeBron and the big three got together. They didn't win the NBA Finals. I mean, they got there, but they didn't win. So – I think this Clipper team needed a year to grow together, a year to come together, a year to, for guys to build chemistry and everything. So I think the Clippers will beat the Lakers, actually. And I think the Clippers is a team. I think the Clippers are the favorite in the West, in my opinion. I think, you know, you look at – you talk about Montrez Harrell, but they replaced him with Serge Ibaka. And one thing about Serge Ibaka, he defends, he blocks shots, he can shoot a little bit, he can definitely hit open threes. And he had a good playoff run for Toronto last season. So – I think the move – I think Abaka is an upgrade over uh, uh, Montrez Harrell. So I think the Clippers, to me, if you're talking about the team that can beat the Lakers, I say it's the Clippers. I mean, the Nuggets as well. you got to look at the Nuggets because, I mean, their team, an up-and-coming team, who played very well last season in the playoffs. So you got to look at them as well. Um, so that's a team, definitely the Nuggets. Clippers, I think you have to look at them. Um that's about it. I will say, you know what, the, the Dallas Mavericks are an interesting team to me because, you know, Luka Dantich is coming in terms of being one of the top players in the NBA. He's coming. And then you got Porzingis as well. You know, one of the issues with him is health. And Porzingis, if he would have stayed healthy against the Clippers in that first-round series, Mavericks might have won that series and beat the Clippers. So I, I look at Dallas as an interesting team, but I, I think the Clippers – can beat the Lakers. But let me, let me just add one more thing in terms of COVID. You know, if you talk about COVID, right, we got a 72-game season. And if certain players catch COVID, they're going to be out mm. seven, t- seven to ten days. In the NBA, that's, you talk about five, six that's games. That's a lot of that games. Yeah, that could be the difference between the third seed and the first seed or the sixth seed and the fourth seed. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Nice. Nice. How about you, Chip? Anybody in the West compete with the Lakers? Do you? Uh, I like the Denver Nuggets. Um, I like them. I, I'm a. I mean, they got uh, they brought uh, Paul Millsap back, and then they got um. Uh, some decent guys off the bench, Will Barton. Um, I'm big on Michael Porter Jr. If he can, if they, it, I want to say if he can step up, but then again, if his compadres kind of, 
defer to him. I, I just like when I'm a fan of running offense through certain players as opposed to just playing. And uh, I mean, I just think that kid is just all kinds of kinds of awesome. And they had to they had to lose. They had to go in and, and play well, but they had to lose to, to get that taste in their mouth. And, and now it's time to see. Okay, can we can we go to the next level? Um, Dallas. It's scary. The Clippers added uh, Serge Ibaka, and they like to stretch the floor. And I, sorry to say this to you, uh, Paul, but I like Teron Lou over Glenn Rivers. Um, <laughs> I just think he's going to bring bring them more together. Um, but it's going to take a it's going to take a heck of a series to beat them. I mean, I I could literally see them winning a couple of more. As far as COVID, I don't know if because uh, we can't, we don't know the future. I don't know if they once the playoffs start, if they're going to go back into like a bubble situation um, right. or not. But I would play with the belief that hey, let's get, let's just get into the playoffs, no matter what seed. Because if you if if the bubble comes about, then all bets are off because we're not having this home court with the loud right. fans and all that other stuff. But um. Yeah, I'll say the Nuggets, but I mean, of course, the Clippers. Um, but boy, it's going to take a, a heck of a team out west, and, and also um, Dallas has some nice pieces too. So I'm with Paul. Okay. All right. Yep. And how about in the East? Who can compete? So you got the Bucks, the Raptors, the Heat, and I think the Heat. In my, you know, I'm not a basketball guy, not a big basketball guy. I watch the playoffs. But I thought the Heat were one of the teams that took advantage of the COVID, what, what happened last year. And I, 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 I just believe that. And I, and I think that, you know, if it was a regular season and you match the Heat with the Bucks or the Raptors, I think in a normal season, they don't survive that. No. But they had younger bodies. They had guys that were, you know, and there's something to playing in an empty arena. Like, yeah, right. It's like watching, and, and a, this is probably not a great comparison, but like the guy from the hood who can hit buckets all day long, you know, when you're, play, you're playing on the neighborhood court. But you put him in front of a, a crowd, and, and dude can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. So I, I think <laughs> there's something to that. Okay. So I'm interested to see what happens with the Heat and all the rookies that they played. But so, what do you guys? What do you guys say about the, who's competing in the East? The East is um, it's interesting. I mean, I think the Bucks. I like what they did. I know they gave up a lot, but I like what they did bringing in Drew Holiday. You know, to add to Chris Middleton, to add to Giannis. I like that. Um, you know, Boston. I think it's going to be there. Indiana's going to be there. Like the top seventeen, the top seven teams in the East: Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Pacers, Heat, Sixers, and Nets. Those were the top seven teams last year. I don't see that changing much. And Matt, the Magic were eight. I see them coming out. But if I look at the East, obviously you got to look at Durant and Kyrie. But Durant is coming off an Achilles, so you don't know what that's going to look like. Do I think he'll be fine? Yeah, I think so, but he is 32 years old. And I look I look at Kyrie. Um, Kyrie isn't talking to the media this year. He put a statement out. He's not talking to nobody. But, um, I, you know, health has been an issue for Kyrie over the years. And, 
you know, he did stay healthy enough, long enough for him and LeBron to, to win a chip together. But, you know, I, I have some questions about that. But the Nets, are, they're going to be there, of course. Um, the Sixers, you know, I, I think the Sixers are going to be very interesting to me. I do like the moves that they made. You know, Seth Curry, Danny Green, they add some shooting. They got rid of Al Horford's contract, which was a Christmas miracle. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you look at the Sixers, they're going to be interest, interesting. Um, Doc Rivers, uh, you know, I think he's going to bring something to this team. Daryl Morey, you know, the president of basketball operations, I think definitely, you know, he's making some moves. And also you got to look at the situation with James Harden. You got to look at that. Keep, that keep, your eye, keep your eye on that. Harden apparently wants out of Houston. So, you know, Daryl Morey was the guy that brought him in in Houston. Daryl Morey's with the Sixers. A Harden maybe for a Ben Simmons type of deal could be, you know, the possibility. Who knows? You know, I'm just speculating. But, you know, so the Sixers are an interesting team. The East is going to be fun to me. And, you know, the East is going to be It's going to be tough. It's going to be fun. And um, if, if I'm looking at it, if I'm forecasting the East at this point, obviously you got to look at the Heat as well. And I, I agree with uh, Chris. I thought they did benefit from being in the bubble. Just like I thought the Nuggets benefited from being in the bubble. I don't think the Nuggets would have beat the Clippers if if what well, if it was the regular with you know the home home and home and all that other stuff. If it was a regular NBA season, I don't think the Nuggets beat the Clippers. And I, and same with the Heat. I don't know if they beat Toronto. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they they you know they not Toronto, but I don't know if they get to where they got. You know, if we had a home situation and teams had home court advantage, so. You know, when you have a neutral situation, anything is possible, and that was the beauty of the bubble playoffs. We saw a lot of different things happen that probably would not have happened if we were in a regular NBA season minus COVID. But I look at the East, and, you know, if I'm going to say a team, I would have to – I'm going to say the Bucks, and, and, I, and I'll say the Bucks for this reason. You know, this is a franchise, and they're hoping that uh, a Tenacubo signs that – extension. They're hoping, they're praying, uh, you know, they're doing all these different things, talking to Santa and everybody else out there to make sure that happens. But, you know, <laughs> I like Milwaukee. I like the things they did with Drew Holiday. I like Chris Middleton. And this is a team that's played very well in the regular seasons, but had a hard time in the playoffs. I think Drew Holiday adds an element that they were missing. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, who they traded Drew Holiday for, was garbage in the playoffs last year. And I think Drew Holiday, you know, doesn't necessarily get the credit that he deserves in terms of being a decent NBA player. So I look at the Bucks, but if I'm looking at a dark horse, I got to look at my Sixers. I, I think that's a team that's still going to be very good with Embiid and Simmons with a different system with Doc Rivers and who knows what could happen with James Harden. But I'm also looking at the Washington Wizards. I think they're a team that can get into the playoffs next year with Westbrook and Beal. I mean, Washington, they score. They had a hard time defending, but I mean, I think that's a team that has some talent. And I think that's a team that could sneak into the playoffs next year or this year as well. So if I'm looking at the East, I'm, I'm telling you today I'm going, I'm going with the Bucks. I'm not comfortable with that pick but because the East, is, to me, is going to be very, very tricky. Because, um, you know, we could talk about Brooklyn. And let's just say Kyrie and Durant, they all stay healthy. You know, Brooklyn has some, team, has some uh, talent on that roster. You know, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, they got talent on that roster. So Brooklyn is another one, but I, I'm going with the Bucks, but I'm not saying that comfortably. Okay. Okay. All right. And Chip, your, Chip, your thoughts on the East? 
Um, <clears throat> I like the Bucks. I think the Drew Holiday, that's good for them. I mean, you're talking about a guy that scores circa 20 points. Um, I mean, he can create. He can fill it. Definite upgrade from George Hill, and uh, let alone um, the other kid. Um, I like Bobby Portis for them as a reserve. And I think if Chris Middleton can stay healthy and shoot it a little bit better, they're going to be tough. Then it just comes down to them showing up when the going gets tough in the playoffs, um, especially this bubble thing. I, I, listen, this is where your asterisk comes in. When you talk about Miami advancing further than they probably would have with the crowd, I mean, you could say that about, hey, do, do the Clippers beat the Lakers? Do, I mean, that's where your, uh, your asterisk is going to always stay there. Um, also like the Nets, for sure. They got two big-time players. Um, Jared Allen isn't bad. The Dimwiddle gives them a third score. Um, Jeff Green is in the house. Joe Harris, I think they give them punch off the bench. And I, I just absolutely, I don't know why, I love this uh, Chris LeVert guy. I mean, he can fill it. I mean, I like him. I like that team. And I think they might just be one piece away when you talk about beating somebody like the Lakers or, or let alone the Bucks. But I, they might already be there. The Clippers added uh, Serge Ibaka. Um, well, I said that earlier. We're talking about the East, though. Uh, but, yeah, as far as um, some sleepers, uh, I like on both sides of the thing. I like the Pelicans. I like the Grizzlies. And I like Washington as all sleepers uh, outside of Denver. All right. Cool. All right. Well, gentlemen, this is very fun, very enlightening. I appreciate both you guys. We definitely have to do this more. I, I, I definitely see good ratings in the future, so we have to get together. Either we get together here or we go on Paul's show. It, it doesn't matter. We just have to get together. I, I enjoyed this. For sure. So before, before we go, again, shameless plug time, so brag about yourself and Again, remind fans how they can follow you on social media and your publications. So we'll start with Chip. Ring apron, ring apron. Um, <laughs> definitely uh, the website, once again, thefightjournal.com, thefightjournal.com. Uh, you can sign up to get all of, all of our uh, articles and press releases and what have you sent to your email. TFJ Boxing on YouTube. TFJ Boxing on uh, Twitter and I believe Instagram. Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, you can go to my website, goforradio.com. You know, go there. Uh, you hit me up on Twitter at go for again Hit me up on Facebook at go for radio And I think on Instagram I am go for again as well. And also YouTube at go for again And um, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. Go there as well. You can listen to my podcast as well. So go to all those places. You can catch me on all those different places. And, you know, we talk a little sports, have a little fun doing it. Yes, sir. All right. And you both do an outstanding job. Chip Mitchell, Paul Gant, uh, once again, Appreciate thank it. you. I enjoyed it. And I, and I believe my thank listeners you. are going to love it. So thank you again for coming on the show. And I can't wait for COVID to end so we can cover some fights and argue the decisions. I, I really miss those days. So, uh, again, I appreciate both of you coming on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. 
And something both of you need to understand and, and take this to heart because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Sugar Ray Leonard beat Marvin Hagler <laughs> decisively. <laughs> Gentlemen, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>